everybody. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia. So today is a anniversary edition, if you will. It's the 85th episode, which I'm really excited about. I think back when I started this podcast, which was sort of a lifelong dream, or at least for 10 years since This American Life, thank you, Ira Glass, I had always wanted to have a podcast. I always thought I knew what I wanted to talk about, and I've changed the things that we talk about here in this pod a few times now. So the last several episodes, just because it goes hand in hand with the book I wrote, the working title being The Breakup Call, have been about breakups and dating and relationships. And I'm really looking forward to one of my next episodes, by the way, because I am going to have a guest here, a relationship expert, and we're going to talk about online dating. But today we're going to talk about a different aspect of relationships or breakups, if you will. We're going to look into how to let go after a breakup. And I find this one so important because to me, it feels like there's a lot of talk about letting go, especially in the spiritual scene. You sometimes get the feeling it's this thing that you do once, maybe light a little candle over there and say let go three times, and then that's it, you're done here. And that is not what I experienced. And trust me, I tried. I did the rituals. I did the tarot. I did the yoga, the letting go practices. And all of them were little band-aids here and there that were helpful, sometimes longer, sometimes short term. But it wasn't something that actually felt like it was instrumental in letting go, at least not in the longer term. And I think that is really important that we don't keep telling people that they should let go and not tell them, well, how are we supposed to do that? So that said, I also can't tell you in one sentence either. How very disappointing, right? Like I won't be able to tell you this is how you let go. But besides the fact that letting go takes time, and I think that's the first thing we have to acknowledge. Time might not heal all wounds, but it does have the ability to transform some of those wounds that hurt that we have. And I also think there are some actions that we can take, not to speed things along or make the pain go away, like some drug that puts you in a momentary high and out of the way of, of hurt, but there are things we can do to ease the transition into a new phase, into a new life that we're now beginning. So after we break up, in my experience in talking to clients and also in my own breakup experience, I've found that a lot of times when we have a lot of information, when we do a lot of inner work, we want to make ourselves let go, almost like it's something on our to-do list. And if we just do that, then everything will be fine. And the truth is, we can't make ourselves let go. Nobody can make us let go. And I'll probably say something about closure at a later time. But just to say this at this moment, you can't just close this like the the back of a book. It takes a process. Just like you can't finish a book by not reading it, you kind of got to read the book if you want the plot and you want to know how it ends. And that means going through the pages. And in terms of letting go going through the motions of sadness, 
anger and all those emotions that go along with letting go of something that we kind of weren't ready for, or even if we were ready for it, it's still hard to change up into this new phase of our lives. And something I said in one of my last episodes, and totally hop over there if you're going through a breakup right now or it's somehow on the horizon, there's a few episodes that hopefully can offer some advice there. But try not to solve this on the verbal level only. And again, I'm reminded of conversations I have with clients where they're kind of frustrated, like they're telling me, but I've done all the stuff, I've read all the books, I'm doing the meditations and I'm working on this. And you can hear it already, the labor, the mass of verbiage coming your way. Yes, there are things people can say to us that become a game changer in that moment a little bit. And there's wisdom there and acknowledgement of what we're going through. But the actual transformation isn't done by the verbal, is it? It's often the energy that's being carried by the person who's saying it, or it's the fact that is, is this person saying this thing to me? But the solution, the letting go, isn't on the verbal level. And I know this can be disappointing to us sometimes, right? Like we just want to switch things around, find that one key sentence of wisdom where it's like, oh, yes, that's it. That's what I'm feeling. Now I can move on. There will be moments of that. I don't want to exclude those. In fact, I have books that did that for me. I mean, I wrote a book, so I do feel there is help in that. But just to sort of become curious or stay curious about solving this on physical levels too, even if that's just a walk in the park, whatever it is, change things up physically. Sometimes, after we've let someone go, it can become harder and harder to imagine yourself with someone else. And I'm not saying let go by hopping on to the next person. I had a pretty funny episode about that in my last episode. That's not what I mean. And I certainly don't mean to force yourself to start dating again because it takes time before we can even get in any way close to that mindset. So don't force yourself to go out with someone else, but try not to exclude the possibility that you could maybe just experience something like a joyful dinner with another person. So what I'm asking you to do is to sort of expand your imagination because our imagination is very limited when we're holding on to something. Think about it. If you're holding on to this, let's put this very, very plain, to this one idea of wanting strawberry ice cream and then you get to the ice cream parlor, but they're out of the strawberry. You're like so married to this idea, like a child is married to getting something now, right? In those terrible twos, that you don't see that there's all these other flavors. And I realize this is a very infantilizing example. Couldn't come up with something better at this moment. But hopefully you get the idea. Don't exclude the possibility that there is another flavor of life here, another quality besides the sadness and this feeling of something, someone missing. There's huge potential in just being open to it. You don't got to start dating. You don't have to pick the vanilla ice cream because strawberry's not there. But just being open to the fact that there are other options. And the fear of the new will creep in. Of course it will. You're going through this whole transition. Somebody you've loved or you stopped loving, but you loved at some point is not here anymore. That's a scary fucking situation. And I'm not doubting that. 
And in fact, it can get so bad that it's almost like you'd rather go back to this situation you separated from and you had a reason or they had a reason to let you go. You'd almost want to stay there rather than learn something new. And that is a very, very easy trap to walk into. Because we don't like change. Let's face it, we know we're supposed to. We know we're supposed to be this whole adapt or die species, right? Evolution. All these good, good reasons to accept change. That doesn't mean we're into it. That doesn't mean we want to. And that doesn't mean we're not going to look backward and wonder, was it really that bad? So try not to let this fear of the new dominate. It's okay that it comes in. It's okay that it's there. But look to your friends. Look to positive examples of where change was good in your own life, in your friend's life, in the books you read, the podcasts you listen to. Look for positive change role models so that the fear doesn't become the only information that guides your behavior and your process of letting go. Because letting go when all we can feel is scared is so, so much harder to do. One of the many, many tools I tried out myself and that I suggest to clients I work with is, do you have a spiritual practice? Is there a practice here? Think of the rituals maybe you have. Maybe it's not so much a spiritual thing. Maybe you love to read in the mornings or listen to your favorite radio show. Maybe there's a yoga practice you found incredibly transformative or tried and true meditations that you have. Stuff that you used in the past or things that are new that you want to explore. Get into those. You know the mind is a powerful tool and it's even more a powerful tool if you can control it and not the other way around. So whatever your input is now, whatever your practices, your rituals, your routines are now, look for those that work. Stay curious about those that are instrumental in your recovery, in your healing. Look to your past if that is helpful, but again, look to your surroundings for new things if you find that the past instruments are not working so well right now. And what works on any given day, in any given long night, can vary. So be sure to have a diversity of practices and routines that are helpful and healing to you. And this kind of dovetails nicely with the next point, which is, where have you had to let go in the past? Yeah, every breakup is new and different, and there are other aspects we have to take care of, of ourselves, of our lives, our children, whatever this breakup entails. But what did you do in the past, or what happened that the letting go became possible? This will take a moment. Maybe write it down. Maybe make this a little bit of a homework over the next couple of days or weeks. But what worked for you in the past, and can you replicate it? Is there a way to reinstate that condition, those circumstances, that they can help you in the circumstance you are in now? And no matter what gurus you talk to, what podcasts you listen to, whatever anyone tells you, your own tools, the ones that have worked for you, are always the best. So honor what you've already managed in the past and see if you can apply it to your present. Now, if there's one word that I find increasingly difficult to use because it's being used at an inflationary rate and it's being used by people who, quite frankly, whose advice I doubt, that I don't find helpful, 
and most of all that I don't feel is authentically theirs, something they've lived rather than repeating something they saw on Instagram. But that word is mindset. And I am not going to sit here and tell you that you need to change your mindset so that you can let go. And having said that, I think that's especially difficult if you've not been able to let go of someone of a certain situation for a very long time, maybe even years. However, if it has been a long time, a very long time, and you're getting signals from the outside or maybe from inside you that this kind of feels like it's been a little too long and it's not exactly proportionate to what has happened or whom you have lost or what you have lost, then I think there is a moment of not mindset, but our mind might have become circulatory and we're not helping ourselves. Our solutions keep repeating. We don't really have solutions. And that is a moment where I would say, get some outside support. Maybe there you're stuck somewhere in this emotional stagnatory state. And then it can be really good to have an outside pair of eyes and ears look and listen at what to what it is you're going through. What I'm about to say might contradict exactly what I just mentioned, but it's really important to me, so I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. I want to say something about the zeitgeist or the current mood, words, and, and mindsets, there it is again, that I'm seeing on Instagram and in the work with my clients. And that is the idea of childhood trauma. I feel like a lot of times what is being said right now that anything we go through, anything at all, you have to fix your childhood first so you won't suffer from pain. But the truth is to me, and I'm speaking from a very personal level now, so don't take this as something that might apply to you because you heard it here on the podcast now. <laughs> Please don't give me that much authority. No, but the thing is, you aren't going to stop suffering or have pain because you've worked on your whole past, your trauma, your childhood. Thing. Things can be moderated and can get better, and we can certainly recognize triggers. But I feel like a lot of times we're being suggested that if we just read this one more book or we go to this one more therapy or maybe it's a psychedelic, I don't know, I haven't had that much experience with that yet, but that then the suffering and the pain stops. I just want to be sure that we don't make this our goal, that if we just let go enough of everything, the pain will stop. Life is not necessarily like that. There is going to be pain and we're not losers and we haven't failed at our spirituality or at the zeitgeist or whatever's going on because we're suffering or because we still haven't worked on all the trauma that we've experienced. Instead, I want this to not be the end goal that we stop suffering and that there's no more pain. That's not what I mean, or hopefully what we mean by letting go. What we mean by letting go is not the perfection of our healing, and it's not the idea that all dysfunction and pain now must be over because I've dealt with my childhood trauma. That to me feels like a very big letting go job and a bit of a lofty goal. So I just want to encourage us to know that letting go is a small thing. Letting go is something we do every day. Every day we have to let go again. And just because we did well yesterday or because we had a really great workshop where some of the trauma was processed and transformed, hopefully, that doesn't mean that we don't have to 
let go again the next day. So letting go is in the small stuff as much as it is in all the trauma that we've been through. Letting go is deciding that today I would like to feel better. Today I'm going to go and buy myself a coffee and take two hours to read a silly magazine because that too is letting go. It's not just the big, the hard, the traumatic work. It's also in the small little steps that you by yourself can take every day just by calling that friend, just by doing something nice for yourself. That too is letting go of pain. A little bit related to what I said about the zeitgeist. Absolutely feel free to disagree, especially if you are a professional therapist. <laughs> Write to me, ricardia at thebreakupcall.com. But after my breakups, a lot of times what was being signaled to me is that I'm dealing with trauma and this is like the absent dad for some of us or the bullying in the playground or whatever that is. And my thinking became, can't I just miss this person without calling in a long lineage of ancestral pain and generational inherited trauma? There is huge value in knowing our past, of course, understanding our triggers and being able to transform those. Huge value. I've done a lot of work in that regard with myself, with others. So I know that these things are super helpful and that the fact that we have access to, the, to this information now is also super helpful. But sometimes I wished someone would just give me a break from all the inner work I'm supposed to do and just let me miss my boyfriend. This was my person or girlfriend, whatever it is. This was my favorite person in the world. And I had to let them go because maybe they were a narcissist or maybe they had different futures ahead of them than from what I wanted. Can't I just specifically in this situation be crying because this other person's not here right now anymore? And I want us to just open up the space for that. Because quite frankly, working on all the trauma and all the triggers, in addition to just missing this person, man, what are we asking of ourselves? Do all of this and find a new apartment and figure out custody battles and understand that we no longer have some of the life aspects that we really, really got used to? No, I can miss the life that I don't have anymore. I can miss the dreams that are now not going to be part of this person and me. I can miss my partner who is no longer here and not work on all the stuff for now. This is a lot of labor. It doesn't all have to be in one day. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to look great doing this. You don't have to, even if you're a coach, let's say you're a relationship coach, or you work with people with trauma, or you come from any of those many fields that have now opened up to healing, and you're not taking your own advice, yeah, well, you know what, get in line. <laughs> Neither do I sometimes. But that is just where you are right now. It doesn't have to be perfect. And with all that is going on in this world right now, I think it's okay to insist on joy. That means knowing when your mind is going in circles and to know how to disrupt this mental carousel. And how to do that? By doing things that you love, by spending time with the people that you love, and by giving yourself a break. You're letting go. And instead of what was there, there's going to be an empty, what feels like an empty space for a while. It's okay to hang out in there. You don't got to fix all of this right now and in a perfect way. There it was. 
the 85th episode, I want to take a moment and say thank you. I've gotten, especially lately with the breakup episodes, so much feedback from you that has been positive and that really, really encouraged me to keep going with this podcast and to keep working on getting my book published. And I don't take that for granted. So thank you for listening very, very much. If you want to reach out to me, if you're going through a breakup, you might need some, I don't know, insights about it, write to me at ricardiatthebreakupcall.com and maybe we can talk about this together. Until then, sending love. Sending love.